Hi, welcome to Sporting Under 40. My name is Sam. My name is TJ. Um, today in episode three, we're going to be going over a draft recap. We have each been assigned four teams that we're just going to be going, uh, giving a little grade through. Um, so sit back, enjoy, and make sure you follow. All right, welcome to Sporty Under 40, episode three. Um, TJ, we just had the draft, man. Um, it didn't go as the way I thought it would. I kind of thought it does. Be, I thought there would be a lot more trades um, or the teams trading. I was surprised by the fact that they traded. There was still a good amount of trades, but I was surprised that they traded. Um, well, I think the trades were heavier day two. Day two that really got trades got trade heavy like right away that was kind of fun to watch yeah um you know i know first round you kind of want to see it a little bit more but still fun i thought i you know i liked the trades in first the first round i thought they Mm -hmm. were very interesting but you're right very shocking um i enjoyed it it was a lot of fun to watch yeah didn't hate it you know what i mean it was a good draft it was a lot of fun um but here we are man we're gonna be just doing a quick quick rundown on what actually happened before we get into that dude we were just talking with jake on on what what like a fan looks like you know what i mean like who who is a fan and and tj you you kind of say that you're a fan right like you say you're a cowboys fan not proudly but yeah oh you would you would you say you bleed you bleed blue not cowboy blue Mm, hmm interesting interesting well, I got, I mean, we, we kind of had some fun with the trivia last time. So we're going to have some fun with the trivia this time. Um, okay. My question, my trivia question is, can you name the Cowboys all-time passing, receiving, and rushing leaders? In yardage, I'm assuming? Just, just, yeah, in yardage. Um, The court of passing, I'm going to hold off on that one. Rushing is obviously Emmett. I think yep. I think that's the easy one. Um, receiving yards. That one. This one got I me. Wanna, I kind of want to say gold jacket wit. Mm-hmm. But what's your heart telling you? My heart is telling me Dez. Your heart is telling you Dez, not Michael Irving. Your heart is telling you Dez. Well, okay, but you. All right, so here's here's the thing. When you said this one got me that immediately threw Irvin out the door because Irvin would be the obvious one. Um, Drew Pearson could probably be right up there. Uh, I'll go with my gut for my first. I'll go with Witten. Witten? Okay, now passing. Um, the, quarter, the quarterback, it's got to be Tony, right? Yeah, it's Tony. You got all three right. Okay. I, I, Jake and I did this quiz, and I sat there, and I was like, we stared at the Cowboys and I was like, dude, I don't know who the receiving leader is. And then it hit me and I was like, oh, you know who it is? It's Jason Winton. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, he's been with the you team know, for 19 and a half years. So, you know what I was thinking? Why I kind of thought Des. Des, until Witten took it over recently, Des was the touchdown leader, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what it was. Yeah. So, all right, Very man. interesting. All right, fun. Fun times. <laughs> fun time, Fast times at Richmond High. See, see, Sam, you hated it here when I asked a trivia question, then you ask it, and I don't hate it so much. 
<laughs> your your question was, I mean, my question was pretty easy. I'm not going to get into that. Um, <laughs> but you know what we should get into? We should get into the draft recap. Let's do it. Who, you want to start? You want me to go? Uh, you know, I'll start. I'm going right. to start, and I'm going to start with the Jets, right? So the Jets had a really fun draft, um, first and foremost, just because you and I still had some controversy on if they would go Zach Wilson or if they would go Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I mean, clearly they ended up going Zach Wilson. So um, I really, I don't, I don't want to say I don't, I, I think, I think Justin Fields is the better option. Um, but the, the God honest truth is that Zach, Zach Wilson's not bad. You know what I mean? Like no. I, I don't like him, but he's not bad. Three interceptions last year, three, 33 touchdowns, good decisions. Again, he probably should have had some more interceptions that just kind of got lucky. Um, part of the reason I just don't like it is because I think Zach Wilson's more of a, I don't think he's really ready to be a starter um, as crazy yeah. as that sounds, you know what I mean? Especially under Robert Sala. I mean, if he was under, I don't know, someone a little bit more talented, it would be good. Um, but this is where things got interesting is um, the Jets traded up to the 14th overall pick. In, yeah, and that one, our reactions, that one threw us for a loop. Well, I mean, ish. Didn't, didn't so much me. You know what I mean? We were, we were if you watched the, uh, if you watched the draft, re, the, actually the draft reaction, um, when they traded up, I, I immediately said, they're going to go Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, it was the only, it was the best thing that makes sense. Now, I don't hate the trade up. I definitely think it fills a need. Um, mm-hmm. For those watching real quickly, I'm going to, let's go over the draft, the needs of it. Um, TJ, if you want to read that out, what are the Jets needs analysis? Uh, Jets needed, they needed a quarterback. They needed a corner an O-lineman, a D-lineman, and a tight end. Yep. So in the first two picks, they addressed a handful. They went quarterback, Zach Wilson, and then Elijah Vera Tucker, which is awesome. You know what I mean? Like, I think it fills up a huge hole. Um, in our mocks, we thought that they would stay at the 22 or whatever they were at and go um, Najee Harris, which I still think would be a yes. great pick. Um, so yeah, A couple of different mocks, I had Najee Harris – a couple different ones. I did have him going 18 to Miami. Yeah. So that was, you know, that one's kind of all over. But yeah, I also agree with you about Zach Wilson not ready just yet. And I think you could agree with me. We kind of talked about this before. It's not that we didn't like Wilson. We didn't like the fit. I think mm-hmm. it's. I think that's what it is. We don't like the fit as much as Wilson himself. Yeah. Now going into the Jets' second round, day two. They drafted Elijah Moore, which is um, if any of you guys watch Colin Coward or anything like that, he actually um, he was Elijah Moore was one of the top steals of the draft, um, yes, which absolutely. which is awesome for the Jets because it gives those three offensive pieces, Elijah Vera Tucker, Elijah Moore and um, and Zach Wilson kind of a career together. They get to grow together. They get to learn from each other. They get to spend a lot of their time together, which is going to be really, really exciting. Then they go into the fourth round. And this is actually one of my top picks of the draft was Michael Carter at one Oh seven. They already have Telvin, Tevin Coleman in the backfield, but what it does is again, it gives, it gives a lot of offensive weapons. 
to this young team. You know what I mean? That's when they started going. Um, that's when they, you saw the Jets starting to go defense. They went um, Jim, Jamian Shearwood, probably mispronouncing that, and Michael Carter, um, linebacker, and then DB. Um, then they went um, cornerback, and then they went linebacker. So then they started bringing everything into the secondary. Brandon E. Coles, cornerback out of Kentucky, Jonathan Marshall, nose tackle, and then that's their draft. You know what I mean? So they went heavy offensive, their first four picks, and then just straight defense, which is smart because the Jets really need it, especially. But this is the solace that I have for the Jets. I'm okay with them drafting a lot of their defensive players at the end of the at the end of the draft because Robert Sala is such a good defensive coach. He really rallies the troops. He really brings them together. He keeps thing. He keeps that defensive ship nice and tight. You know what I mean? And I think that's really cool. So for the jets, I actually gave them an a plus. I thought the okay. jets went out and nailed it. I don't think I, you can always make the argument that they could have drafted dot, 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 or they could have done better or whatever. You know what I mean? But I think that, I think that the thing that the jets did really, really well is they kept, they, they, went young offense, kept everyone together. They're going to grow together. Robert Sala doesn't have a whole lot of work to do because a lot of those guys are very talented. Elijah Moore, Michael Carter, Elijah Vera Tucker. And then, then where he can invest his time and he, where he can invest his work is going to be in the defense, which is what they did in the later rounds. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. I, I like, I like your take on that. I absolutely agree. Um, I don't know if I would have given them an A an A plus, but yeah, no, I really liked their draft. Um, like we said, it wasn't necessarily Wilson. It's the fit. Um, I didn't hate the trade up to get Elijah Vera Tucker. You obviously said it addressed the need. Um, really liked the Elijah Moore pick. Like you said, Michael Carter, they did. They really um, gathered some, some very, ta they gathered talent. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's just the simplest way to put it. They gathered talent. So I, I really agree with you. I like what your take on that. Um, with a defensive minded coach, yeah. I think he can get them up to speed of what they got. So at that point, so yes, I will absolutely, I agree. I like that. Yeah. Um, all right, man, your turn. What team do you want? All right. So uh, I'll jump right before the jets. Um, and then just, so just to clarify uh, after last week's episode, Sam and me gave each other four teams. So we didn't pick these on our own. We actually picked them for each other. So my first, uh, my first team I'm talking about, I'm talking about the Jacks. Um, the one, the holders of the number one overall pick. Um, you know, it's hard. It, it, I could, it's sometimes hard to screw up the number one overall pick, but this one wasn't, they hit it right on the money, you know, no getting cute, no messing around, just went for the best overall player in the draft. You know, Trevor Lawrence, strong arm, football savvy, makes good decisions. He's got an athletic, strong, ideal QB build. Um, he's a proven winner. He's coming into, and I know, you know, one in 15 Jacksonville, you don't really say this, but, you know, coming into a good coaching staff, good system. You know, it's completely new from last year, you could say. Um, he's got weapons around him. It's a bit of a tough division with Tennessee and um, Indy. You know, who knows what's going to be going on with Houston, but uh, I think they have the potential to at least compete. I'm not going to sit here and go crazy saying they're taking the division or going to the playoffs, but they can compete. You know, they're going to be in the position. Uh, then later in the first round, 
I don't know about Sam. This one kind of threw me as much as we had talked about a possibility of it. Travis Etienne at pick 25. Um, the running back wasn't a need. It wasn't a need, but it was one of those picks that you make that really didn't hurt them. Sometimes you see teams where like they need this, but they take this and it really just, it was a bad pick. I won't say that ETM was a bad pick. Um, they probably should have gone defensive tackle or O-line, but uh, no, I don't, I'm not mad about that pick all, anyway. He's an all-around back. He'll fit nicely in Jacksonville. He'll complement James Robinson very well, I think, you know, kind of a duo there. Uh, and then, uh, I, I liked, uh, the Tyson Campbell pick in the second round at 33 sizable cornerback, long and tall. Um, you know, you know, he knows how to play physical coming from Georgia, good tackler. Uh, he's going to have to compete for a lot of playing time though. They just signed Shaq Griffin. They have CJ Henderson there. Uh, I think the, I think the only thing I don't really like about Campbell, he's not really much of a ball hawk. Uh, only one pick and 33 career games at Georgia. Uh, this pick I wasn't crazy about, but, you know, and I'll get into this here in a second. Walker Little, the tack tackle out of Stanford, hasn't played in three years. You know, he started as a true freshman at Stanford, plays as yeah. a sophomore. Um, his season was ended in the opener as a junior in 19. He opted out of 2020, so he hasn't played really a meaningful snap since 2018, you could say. So that one was kind of tough for me uh, as a rookie. He's going to slip. He's going to be a swing tackle, a backup. Yeah. You know, he's going to have to compete for a starting job. Uh, I think if I had to say, I mean, outside of the Lawrence pick, this was probably my favorite pick the Jags had was Andre Cisco, the DB out of Syracuse in the first pick of the third round. Uh, this dude is the very opposite of Campbell, a ball hawk, great ball skills, um, great vision. He just had an, he's coming off an injury. So that's obviously a concern interchangeable he can play corner or safety uh i think he has a great shot to challenge for a starting job and you know i i thought that was a great uh value pick at number one in the third then they go d tackle in the fourth uh you know j Tufele out of usc another d another edge um out of uab jordan smith um i think the only thing i didn't really like about jacksonville is i think they waited maybe a little too long to get an edge rusher they do have Clavon Chase on, you know, Josh Allen, but you can never have too many guys that can get after the ball. Tight end in the fifth and Luke Farrell, wide receiver in the sixth. Um, so all in all, Jacksonville, I really liked what they did. I gave them a B plus. Um, you know, I think they hit it on the nose with Lawrence and Cisco. ETN was maybe a little bit of a reach, but I still like the pick. Uh, Walker Little, I think there's better tackles on the board that they could have gone. Tyson Campbell and I, I think they could have gone another way at DB as well and like I said I think they waited a little too long to go edge yeah so um well and so Jacksonville's needs were quarterback cornerback offensive line defensive line tight end I mean who knows man maybe they fill the tight end role with Tim Tebow yeah I mean that's a possibility <laughs> as goofy as it sounds and people talk about it Tim Tebow is an athlete you can't deny that part so I yeah. guess we'll see. But yeah, I went B plus for Jacksonville. Um, I think maybe if instead of a D tackle at the fourth round or and they went edge or they maybe have gone a different direction uh, in the second instead of Walker Little, I would have given him an A, but yeah. I, I'm going to go and give him B plus on that one. No, it's interesting. I, I do want to chime in on one point with the, with the ETN thing. 
I think the way that we're seeing the NFL being shaped right now is teams want two good running backs, but the ballot or the, well, I don't even know the term, but it's still out on, on James Robinson. I mean, was it a fluke? Is he going to be consistently good? The jury you know is I mean? out. Yeah. The jury is out. Yeah. So it's like, I don't, I don't know, I, but it doesn't hurt having, having ETN there. Um, but the nice thing is, is if, if James Robinson doesn't perform, then ETN's there, or if, you know what I mean? Or if both of them perform, then they're in the Brown situation with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, you know what I mean? Like yeah. go for it. You know what I mean? Like, and that, and that's why I'm saying, I don't think the ETN pick was a, we're moving on. Mm-hmm. I think it's a complimentary. Hey, you know what? Now we got a guy that is going to uh, really fit in better in the past game in ETN. You know, we will leave some of the yeah. carries and the beatings off of you. Not, you know, I, I liked it. I really did. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, All right, Sam, who's next? Talk to me. I'm going to go Ravens. Again, this was assigned to me, so I got some other teams up my sleeve, but I'm going to I'm gonna go look at the Ravens. Oh, I'm sorry, Ravens. Um, did I say – yeah, we're going to do the Ravens. We're going to do the Ravens. Originally, I was going to do the Falcons, but I clicked on the Ravens, so here we are. We're on the Ravens, you know, so. Um, Ravens were interesting because we – part of the reason we decided to do the Ravens is because they traded up and had two first round picks, um, at 27 and 31. Um, that trade was really interesting, helps out a lot. Um, helps the chiefs out a lot and it helps the Ravens out a lot. Honestly, it gives them some more depth, um, helps the chiefs because they build that they're building the best offensive line in the NFL. You know what I mean? It's part of the reason I'm so high on Clyde, Clyde Edwards. Um, but I'm not going to get into that. So the Ravens needs were linebacker, O-line um, is that safety and wide receiver. You know what I mean? I think it's fair to say that Marquise Brown has been everything but a in a bust and a half, dude. He has been so inconsistent and yeah. The, and, and it's hard because the Ravens have continued to look for outside help. Like in, you know, Mark Andrews has been great, but like, they're like, oh, we'll sign Des and he'll be great. And it's like, you know what I mean? Like there's all these things that it's like, okay, cool. Well, you have Lamar Jackson, who is an MVP quarterback. You have JK Dobbins, who's young, who can do a lot of things with the ball, but you can't, they can't consistently move the ball downfield without a wide receiver. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's where I really like their first pick at 27 was Rashad Bateman. You know I, I mean? loved that one. Loved, loved that, that one. Mm-hmm. Loved that one. Um, fits for a lot of different ways. You know what I mean? Um, and then they go Jason Uwe, Uwe. Um, again, I'm butchering, way, yeah. I'm butchering a lot of these names, you know what I mean? But, um, that one, I was like, well, I think I would have rather have JOK in that circumstance. There's, there were still a lot of really good defensive players on the board. So that, that pick, I kind of go like, I don't really know it, but I trust the Ravens know what they're doing on the other side of the ball. Um, I, I would have liked JOK in that circumstance because I think he can play in a lot of different places. Um, then we go into the third round. They did not have a second round pick um, with Ben Cleveland, um, a guard out of Georgia. Um, Georgia produces big guys, dude. And, and here's another one, six, six, three forty three. It's like, Holy crap. You know what I mean? With how much the Ravens are running the ball with, you know, they're going to continue to do it. And he's just going to fill 
every freaking hole. He's going to be a pancake machine, dude. Um, so I really like that. Um, you know, and, and he's in, you know, so here's one little thing about him. Um, he's only had three quarterback pressures in 741 pass blocking snaps. So as big as he is, he also can block on the pass really well, which, which frees them up for a lot of different things. Um, they had another third round pick with Brandon Stevens DB out of SMU. Then at the fourth round, they went another wide receiver, Tylen Wallace. Yeah. Um, so they're continuing to give, continuing to give uh, Lamar Jackson some weapons. You know what I mean? Like just, something. Yeah. yeah. They're getting, they're getting something together. I don't know what. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why I give them a, a different grade and I'll get into that. Um, round five, they go Sean Wade, Ohio State quarterback, cornerback. And oh, and again, if LSU is DBU, you know what I mean? Then you got to chime in Ohio State at some point in time. So I have I have faith that, you know, that guy can get the job done at some regard. You know what I mean? Those guys are smart. They might not have the build, but they're smart as shit. You know what I mean? Which is yeah. awesome. Um, then they go defense again. Daylin Hayes out of Notre Dame, defensive end. Um and then they kind of close it out with Ben Mason, a tight end or, and slash fullback out of Michigan. Um, I think what they're doing there in that Ben Mason pick is they're adding another blocker because um, that fullback, what's his name? Patrick Ricard. I mean, he's, yes, he's older. You know what I mean? But I mean, heck go into a powerhouse formation. You can have um, Gus Edwards, Lamar Jackson, um, Patrick Ricard or Ben Mason and have uh, bunch of big guys and run the ball any which way at that point you know what I mean so I think that's what's really interesting in, in their draft and for that reason I gave the Ravens a b nice I thought yeah, they the re- oh, go ahead sorry I just thought they reached on like that first round pick and I think that kind of set them back um I think that they adjust like they met a lot of needs um but I think I don't I don't you know what I mean I don't I, I think it's hard because we don't really see a game plan with the, with the Ravens at this point. You know what I mean? Oh, we're going to pass the ball really, really well with these wide receivers. But if it doesn't work out, we have a bunch of big guys, big blockers who can, who can make up for it in the run game. And it's like, sure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Okay. No, I agree. I liked, you know, I, I liked your take there. Um, you know, like I said, I loved the Bateman pick away probably was a little bit of a reach. You know, I think there are some better options on the board there, but um, yeah, Baltimore is interesting. You know, it hurts me to see uh, Hollywood not really get it. Uh, you know, it's just, it's tough because it's almost like, and I, I don't mean this like it, but it's almost like Baltimore doesn't have an identity. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they keep trying to change who they are, you, you know, and you, and it, it's crazy to think that with an MVP quarterback, like Lamar Jackson, an athlete, like Lamar Jackson, well, you know, he doesn't need to be the huge gunslinger when he's got the athletic ability that he does. Well, and, you and know, that's, that the Baltimore's have a very creative, very, uh, like a great opportunity to be something maybe we've never seen before, you know, not necessarily just like a Michael Vick effect, but, like a very all-around well-built offense you know yeah and and seeing that's exactly why i gave them a b is because they don't have they're trying to figure out an identity they're trying to get lamar jackson passing more but they're giving all these backup scenarios of big blockers 
big runners, big guys, you know what I mean? Who can pound the ball every single time. And that's why I go like, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Caleb Kester. I love that take. I think you're absolutely right. Um, but I think that kind of goes back to what I just said. Uh, you know, cause you, you got a Andy Reed and Eric B they're creative, you know, it's more than just throwing a deep ball to Tyreek Hill. They figure out ways to get guys like that involved. So in case, in a case, Kansas city offense, yes, Hollywood would absolutely thrive. Um, I do like that take them. That's a good point. Um, um, oh, sorry, Sam. No, go. You're on, man. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and jump forward to my next, uh, lowest or highest, however you take it. Um, first round pick i went ahead since i gave them to you in the mock i took you know i got the dolphins uh say it with some heart man <laughs> <laughs> so the dolphins i'm just gonna i'm just to start i thought the dolphins killed it i mean it really is hard to sit there and not tip your cap you know, cheers your drink to uh, the front office for what they did. I thought they killed it, you know, um, and let me get into that. Jalen Waddle, probably the third, and it's ridiculous to say this, the third best pass catcher in the draft. Um, I think he was going to be well wherever he's, he would play well wherever he'd go. Um, was Miami his best fit? I don't think so, but it's not a bad pick. He will fit in Miami. He will play well there. Um you know, he's obviously going to be slotted. He's going to be put in the slot. So he, you know, he'll get a lot of touches um, kind of like just going off that tip that uh, take with Kansas city. I think he can be very effective if they get creative with how they get him the ball, you know, more so than just dropping to a back and trying to let him dump it off jet sweeps, you know, misdirections, move him in motion, keep him moving. You know, I think he can be, I think he can be uh, really great that way. Uh, Jalen Phillips at the 18. I actually loved this pick. I thought they were going to go, uh, Najee Harris at this point, but actually looking at the Jalen Phillips pick, he is a great edge rusher, great hand mechanics. He's got good body control. I mean, he can rush the passer from anywhere on the field. Like he can go on the edge. You can line him up as a tackle and you can go through building on success Miami already has a great defense and I think this makes them only better he's I think he's going to start immediately I think he's gonna have a lot of immediate impact um and then just to make matters worse for Miami they go and get Javon Holland which I loved as well they have a great secondary and Javon Holland is going to fit right in another immediate impact kind of guy um he can also return punts you know really benefit the special teams and then this is this is the pick I loved. This simple pick I think makes the Jalen Waddle pick so much better because as we were talking during the recap, I thought I was saying the Dolphins should have gone Panay Sewell, um, Liam Eichenberg, O lineman out of Notre Dame, mm-hmm. a great college tackle, great. He'll when probably he step go? in to Miami. No, but when? Oh, uh, the tenth pick in the second round, pick yeah. forty-two overall. Oh. Um, He's probably going to step inside and play guard at the next level, right next to Austin Jackson. Um, but, I mean, I, we all know that Notre Dame's O-line U, you know, he's got – he's not as long as you'd probably like him, but he uses his strength and his quickness to make up for that. He's fundamentally sound. I love that pick. I Like I said, I think 
that pick made the Jalen Waddle pick much better because they still got out making well. Then they went tight into the third. You know, that one kind of is like, okay, you know, big target, good hands. Backup Gasecki, maybe he's a long-term option if Gasecki leaves after the season. Yeah. Uh, then they so they so they spent so much time mortgaging picks that they actually didn't make a pick on day three till the seventh round. So they were out of picks in the fourth, fifth, and sixth. They went another tackle and a running back, um, just purely for depth. But it's hard to deny what they did in the first four round, in the first two rounds, excuse me, in their first four picks, two rounds. Um, I loved it. I really did. I liked what, you know, I love Brian Flores. I liked what the general management did in there. I already like what they got going. So I, I'll give the dolphins an A minus. I thought they hit it right on the nose. Um, well, I don't and, really see where they could have d- done something better. So, yeah. Well, and, like and the interesting thing about the Dolphins, right, their needs, right, were wide receiver, D-line, offensive line, running back, linebacker. And in their first, what was it, break it down, pick by pick, they went they went wide receiver, then what? Wide receiver, uh, wide receiver, edge, so D-line, mm-hmm. safety, and then O-line. Yeah. So I think the only thing they didn't really get, which they need, quotes on need, is a running back. It's um, – it's interesting because again, I just, I said this 10 minutes ago, I said the, the tide is changing in the NFL where teams want two good running backs. So it's funny because I actually could see just free agency. I could see like Todd Gurley, maybe signing there. Um, You know what I mean? Like just kind of, kind of some guys like that where it's like, Hey, like you don't need to be the best, but you just need to be a ball carrier you know, things like that, because um, what's what's the running back's name right now? Um, I can't think of it for the life of me. Um, the Dolphins running back. Oh, uh, Miles Gaskin. Thank you, Gaskins. Yes. Um, and so someone to compliment him. So it's like Todd Gurley has had some injuries. We might see that need get addressed in free agency. I don't know. I think that's an interesting place for him to land because I still Todd think Gurley, there is – I didn't think about that. Todd Gurley would be very interesting to see land there, maybe on a cheaper one-year deal. Yeah. He doesn't yeah, need to be the I best, like but it like, but right now fantasy has like Miles Gaskins um like value through the roof. And I think that I think that we'll see trying to keep Miles Gaskins safe and in getting a guy like Todd Gurley, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I don't All know. Right. What you got um, next? Real quick, let's 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 mix it up a little bit. Let's go. Okay. Let's go into our favorite and least favorite first round picks. Okay. You know what I mean? We're halfway through our teams. Let's let's talk about this. You know what I mean? Okay. So, I mean, I can I have no problem going first. What whatever you want, brother. I can start if you want to go. You just I'll tell do, me. I'll do my favorite pick. Okay. Episode 1. Draft what was it? Draft prospects. Was that uh, episode yes. one? Draft episode draft one, my, my best case scenario for oh, this yeah, person. Pick you'd love to see that's pick, right. Pick. I would love to see Trey Lance, to the 49ers. Guess what happens? Trey Lance to the 49ers. Um, it debunks my Jimmy G theory. Jimmy G will be traded by the end of the draft. Clearly we're at the end of the draft. Jimmy G was not traded. Um, oh. 
which is fine. It's, it's, it's a perfect road for Trey Lance. Trey Lance has, he can sit behind Jimmy G, let Jimmy G get hurt at week three. Um, and, and then let Trey Lance kind of walk in. He's got a young team. Um, he's got young wide receiver court. He's got a great offensive line, but he's fast, man. And I said it from, I said it before I said, the Niners need someone who are, who's fast and can keep up with, with this team. And Trey Lance is that guy. Trey Lance can keep up with this team that actually is the Niners. You know what I mean? He can, he can run with them. He can be a part of what they're doing. You know what I mean? And that's, that's why I'm so for it. I'm so happy. I loved to see that. I was stoked that like the pick that I would love to see actually came true. I'm bummed that my Jimmy G theory did not, but I'm happy that it means that Trey Lance gets to stay safe, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think, uh, you know, after the first two picks, you know, more than just me and you, I think everybody was kind of on the edge of their seat when uh, you saw San Francisco making their pick, you know, with a lot of talk with Mac Jones and, you know, or do they go Trey Lance? Justin Fields was still on the board there. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I think I think uh, San Francisco doesn't go wrong whether they would have taken Lance or Fields. I really don't. I think, I think they yeah. hit it on the nose. Either way, um, you know, and I think Mac Jones didn't need to be in San Fran. I think he's right where he needs to be. I think that's ideal, but. Okay, so my favorite pick, I've already talked about this one, um, but I'm going to get into different reasons why it's my favorite pick. I'm going to go ETN to the, to the Jags at 25. And uh, the reason being, we talked about their needs. They needed to go O-line. They needed to maybe go D-tackle, but they went ETN, okay? And I think this, is a, I think this pick was a perfect example of the culture change you're seeing in Jacksonville. We're seeing it right in front of our eyes Mm. how long has it been if ever maybe since the tom coughlin days have we seen a coach like urban come through jacksonville um pairing etn with his old running mate with trevor lawrence big playmaking ability i think that's something they really needed outside of lavisca chanel in that offense i think they need a big playmaker a home run ability kind of guy um, like I touched on earlier, this move isn't moving off Robinson. I think it's a complimentary thing. I think it's putting them together and making that offense that much more effective. Uh, like I said, they could have gone other ways, but this didn't hurt them. Taking ETN didn't hurt them, put them in any kind of hole in any way, shape, or form. I think it's a great beneficial pick that is going to keep this core intact and that explosiveness to this offense for i mean years Are you i mean they lock up yeah. lawrence long term yeah etn's not gonna want to go anywhere he's gonna want to stick with his boy i i like I, that, that was my favorite pick of the first round and it was hard because me and sam had talked about this earlier it was hard to really hate a pick i think a lot of great we were talking about it there was a lot of great picks in the first round but i think this one just really stood out to me i really liked the etn pick yeah no for sure man um going on on the opposite side of the coin least favorite pick um for me it's really it was really heartbreaking in all honesty we gave our we give our buddy jake a lot of shit but um for me my least favorite pick pick was patrick Sertain. um it yes it does address a need for the broncos and yes 
it does like there really wasn't a bad pick in the first round. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't really a reach. You know what I mean? I talked about it with the Ravens. Hey, that linebacker they got at 31, he's not bad. I just would have gone JOK. You know what I mean? Um, so it's things like that where it's it's Patrick Sertain's not a bad pick. JC no. like Patrick Sertain fits that system so well, and he's gonna compliment Bradley Chubb and Von Miller and all these guys, you know what I mean? Like tremendously you know what I mean like they have one of the best safeties in the league like it's going to be a very he's going to fit that system so well but I just think that Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater are not the long-term solution and I think you had the long-term solution on the clock in Justin Fields you know what I mean and to pass on that was just heartbreaking you know what I mean like yes Patrick Sertain again he's going to complement that defense so well he's going to fit the system he's going to be a part of he's going to get picks. He's going to be a playmaker. He's going to be a a great long-term cornerback. You know what I mean? But I just don't think, I just don't think that was the need. You know what I mean? I don't think that's, I don't know. I agree. No, I absolutely agree. Um, Cause he is, you cannot deny how good Patrick Sertain is and what he is going to take to Denver. He like, that is a good pick, but you know, lock and Bridgewater. I don't know. Especially with Justin Fields there. If Fields, Lance, and Wilson, if Fields, Lance, and Wilson are already gone, then I don't hate the pick as much. I think they should have, you know, Fields was there. They didn't have to trade yeah. up to go get him. He fell right where they wanted. Um, I was kind of talking to, you know, our buddy Jake about this. To me, what this says is that Denver isn't ready to move off of Locke. And I think the Bridgewater trade uh, feeds into that. Because Case Keenum's not a mentor. They didn't have a mentor last year. So Locke was just kind of out there, you know, like like Jake has touched on, he playing recklessly. Maybe having Bridgewater there as a mentor to back him up, you know, kind of be in his ear. Maybe that's their way of saying, hey, you know what? We're going to stick with Locke. We're going to see this through. We're going to bring in Bridgewater to make the situation better. You know, or maybe they didn't think, maybe they weren't ready to trade up. Maybe they didn't think Fields was going to be there. And so when they got to nine and he was still there, maybe they just stuck with their game plan that they went into, you know, from what we've yeah. seen that 13 was their top of their board and they, they stuck to it. They stuck to their guns. Got to give them, you know, got to give them credit for that, but you're right. Like as great as a certain pick, as great as a 13 is as a pick to Denver, it really missed their biggest need. Because yeah. even without 13, that is a good defense with a good secondary. Well, and it's and like I said, it's just hard because where like who do you start? Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater? At least if you You'll go see. Justin, at least you can if you go Justin Fields, you can trade. I don't you want to trade Teddy Bridgewater away. You just paid him three million dollars, but you can trade Drew Locke away. And guess who's a team? This is this this is what I would have done. I would have gone Justin Fields and I would have traded Drew Locke to the Falcons. It's what I would just that idea. I just would have been done with it. The yeah. Drew Lock era is end is over. Get him to the Falcons. Falcons need a backup quarterback. Matt Ryan sells plenty of time left. He can teach him a little bit and give him a good system with Kyle Pitts and let Justin Fields step in and take over the Broncos at some point in time. That's what I would have done. I would have loved yeah. it. I'm with you. I'm with you. My my uh, jumping ship now. My least favorite first round pick. Uh, this pick was not. The- directed at the player because the situation kind of again um my favorite my least favorite first round pick was Kadarius Tony to the Giants at 20 
like I said, this has nothing to do with Kadarius Tony. I think he's talented. I think he is going to be a good little receiver in the NFL. But you have Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram, Kyle Rudolph. What makes you think you need another receiver? You know, get poor Daniel Jones and alignment, you know, build up that defense a little more to where this dude isn't having to be on the field constantly. Well, and help you know, and help um, Saquon Barkley out. I mean, Tavon, yeah. Tavon Jenkins is on the clock. He fell out of the first round. You know what I mean? Like there's so, plenty of guys. So many players that I think could have benefited the Giants so much better at 20 and why they went receiver. I don't know. I really don't. I didn't like the pick. I think it was a waste. You know, yeah. if you had to give that a grade, I give that a D just because I think it was flashy and that's not what you needed. It was a pick that they had other needs, but this one hurts them because now it's just, you know, you're not going to be running a five man set with your now three receivers. And then you have Kadarius Tony, which makes it four Evan Ingram and Kyle Rudolph, because you need to have Barkley on the field. So at all times, I mean, it's kind of a good problem to have, I guess, but at all times you're going to have at least two or three of these guys sitting on the sidelines. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I agree. So, I didn't like it. Yeah. I think that's fair, man. I think that's, I think that's fair. Um, jumping back into our team grades. Um, I'm going to go with the Falcons. That's my next team. Hey, um, you know, that's, I don't know what the hell that was. Um, that's going to be me, man. Um, at one, you know, we had, well, at four in the first round, we have Kyle Pitts. Um, first off, you know, the Falcons need, um, D-line, cornerback, O-line, safety, quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, we talked about this going into the show. We talked about this coming out of the show. We said the Falcons need to improve on the other side of the ball. Matt Ryan and Julio Jones can figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, they they can figure it out. Now, I'm saying all of this right now. You know, Julio Jones is still part of the team, right? Um, and, and with the Falcons, you kind of see them stick to their draft board, which I kind of appreciate, you know what I mean? Number one, they go Kyle Pitts, an athlete. You just can't pass up on, you know what I mean? Like as much as it might be nice to trade back to nine and get Patrick Sertain or trade to eight and go JC Horn and, and do the, it. Kyle Pitts is an animal, dude. You can't, you can't pass on him. You know what I mean? Like, I don't blame them at all for this pick. It fit, it's going to fit them because he can fit anywhere on the field. You know what I mean? And I think that's what's nice about Kyle Pitts is that he can he can do it all. Um, the In the second round, um, they go Richie Grant, a safety. So they address one of their needs right then and there. Boom. UCF, Richie Grant, um, not a bad, you know, not a bad pick, fills a need. Um, third round, boom, Jalen Mayfield. This is a pick I actually really like. We were pretty high on Jalen yeah. Mayfield, we, you know. He felt he- – I was very surprised to see how far he yeah. fell. So, and that's huge because again, it's one, it fills one of their needs, but two, it doesn't only fill one of their needs. This is, this guy's good. You know what I mean? This guy's a great offensive lineman out of Michigan. He's a big dude. You to know find, what I mean? To find a, to find a starter out of the third round like that. Mm-hmm. That's huge. That's huge. It's huge. Um, fourth round, they go Darren Hall, cornerback. Again, they're just, they're going right back to the other side of the ball. They're going cornerback, San Diego state, um, Taquan Graham, nose tackle out of Texas. Um, I, I can't even say the, the last name, Ogan, Joe, Ogan, Ogan, DG, Ogan, I don't know. Ogan defensive. Digi, we'll roll with it. Yeah. Defensive end Notre Dame. You know what I mean? 
Um, Avery Williams, cornerback. They go back-to-back defensive players. Um, and then lastly, they go Frank Darby out of Arizona State. And and honestly, the thing I really like about this draft um, for the Falcons is, again, they, they had a need and they stuck to their need. They said, hey, we don't need to address the offensive side of the ball that much. They get Kyle Pitts, a guy who can play anywhere, and they get a great offensive lineman. Like we said, a starter in the third round. That's huge. And now they just get to play with their defense. Now, the hard thing is, is Dan Quinn is now a Cowboys, uh, now a Cowboy. You know what I mean? So um, I don't know who their DC is, but I think it's going to be very similar to what I said about the Jets of like, hey, if they can find a good, good DC, like what Robert Sala is in New York, I think you're going to see a really good trend with a lot of these defensive players. So I think that they have a lot of young talent on the defensive side of the ball. And it'll be interesting to see what they do because honestly, offensively, you need, I think, I think we're kind of seeing what you need to win a Super Bowl. You need a veteran quarterback with a young offensive team and a great defense. You know what I mean? And, and maybe that's Matt Ryan here in two years because he's still got some miles on him. You know what I mean? Maybe that's Matt Ryan here. You know what I mean? That's, that's why I'm wondering where people are getting this idea that they need to go quarterback because I, I don't see it. Matt Ryan can still ball. Their offense wasn't the problem. Neither was he. So it's, it's hard for me because I do like, I get it in the fact that I get it in the fact that they like could use it. You know what I mean? Um, it's not like, it, I just think it would have to be one of those situations where like the circumstance fit well, you know what I mean? But I do yeah. agree that it's like, Hey, he's, he's fine and dandy. Keep him. You know what I mean? Like why, why let him go? You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I agree. I like that take. What 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 uh what grade did you give Atlanta? So I actually gave the Falcons a B plus. Okay. I thought they I thought I I have I get well I'm gonna change it to a B because I still have hope, but I think it's hard if because I think the need is coaching at that point, as bad as it sounds. The need is coaching rather than players now. You know what I mean? They so they built the team. I'm gonna I'm gonna go B. I'm gonna go B with them. Okay. I like that. Good take. Good take. Um, I'm going to stay in the NFC South and I'm going to go, I'm going to talk about Carolina uh, Panthers holding the number seven overall pick um, and using that number seven overall, overall pick with probably the uh, first, maybe biggest surprise of the draft and JC Horn. Um, when you're looking at Carolina, we were thinking receiver. Rashawn Slater was still on the board. We thought he was a huge possibility. Or were they going to trade back to – we had heard reports that they were uh, talking with um, – oh, excuse me, the eighth pick – that they were talking with um, New England to move back. And then they go ahead and pull the trigger, take J.C. Horn. Very gritty, very chippy, long, and lengthy cornerback. Good ball skills, son of – Joe Horn, I don't know if you remember watching Joe Horn play for a receiver for the Saints. Joe Horn is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, he's got good ball skills, plays 50-50s very, very well. Um, it wasn't a bad pick, you know, not a bad fit, not his best fit. Um, I think he's going to fit very well in Carolina. Uh, but, damn, is he going to be asked uh, some tough tasks of him as a rookie? Because – I, I think we can sit here and say he's probably the best corner maybe there. 
you know, and you got in that division twice a year, Mike Thomas, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. He's going to have to guard those guys, you know, six times a year. Um, but to be completely honest, if he can limit them and play them tough, that, you know, that's a, that's a rookie of the year favorite in my opinion. You know, I didn't hate the pick. I thought it was kind of surprising, but I didn't hate it. Um, I thought this second round pick, they hit right on the nose. I thought this was a steal. Uh, 59th overall, 27th in the round, Terrace Marshall, a big LSU receiver, big playmaking guy. This pick allows them to move DJ Moore into the slot. This is now a legit wide receiver trio, Terrace Marshall, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. And I think giving that to Sam Darnold is going to be a good deal. Um, benefits the offense all around. Uh, Brady Christensen, outside offensive tackle out of BYU. Good football speed, great in the run game. He can manage a pass game well. Not a lot of length. You know, he's still got to work on his mechanics. Good size, not a pick, bad pick in the third round at uh, 70 overall. Um, one pick I didn't really like was Tommy Tremble, tight end out of Notre Dame. Uh, kind of an H-back kind of guy, can block. I think he'll play well in rules offensive uh, system. You know, he's a little undersized, but, you know, I think, I think he'll be okay. I think they maybe should have gone attack or tight end a little sooner. Um, one pick I really liked and the boomer sooner in me is sick to my stomach saying this, but Chuba Hubbard in the fourth round, mm-hmm. Chuba Hubbard is going to step into this offense out of the backup. And he's not going to have to be the guy. He's going to – I think this is a great fit. He can spell CMC when he needs to. He can run and catch the ball. You know, he's going to he's gonna work in the offense. You know, take the in-between tackle touches. You saw last year Carolina really struggled without CMC all season long. You know, you've got to keep him healthy, and I think Hubbard's going to really help with that. Um, they went another tackle in the fifth round. Davion Nixon out of Iowa. That was a depth pick. And then the sixth round, Deontay Brown, guard out of Alabama. Uh, wide receiver out of South Carolina, She's Smith. Then they took, you know, probably the most random pick of the draft, long snapper out of Alabama, Thomas Fletcher. And then another D tackle in the seventh, uh, Phil Hoskins out of Kentucky. I think they did really well. Um, like I said, I think the probably iffiest pick is probably Tommy Tremble. Um, other than that, I think they address needs very well. I think Carolina did a good job, you know, especially if JC Horn can step in and start contributing right away, especially with the uh, plethora of talented receivers that are already in that division, you know, along with the defending Super Bowl champions. So I gave Carolina a B, you know, I don't think you can put them any less than that. But like I said, somewhere other than Tommy Tremble, because, you know, I think there were some better players on the board at that point. So, yeah, yeah, I'll go B for Carolina. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, moving into my last team, um, a really interesting one. Um, New England Patriots. When Mac Jones got drafted, he walked up and he hugged Roger Goodell and he, he whispered in his ear, this is secretly where I wanted to be. You know what I mean? Don't tell anyone. Um, I think it's I think that's interesting. You know what I mean? I think it's a I, I think it's a good fit um their top needs quarterback wide receiver cornerback linebacker defensive line um I we saw Cam Newton last year the interesting thing I will say about Cam Newton last year is that 
their whole coaches staff said, not all of this is Cam Newton's fault. You know what I mean? Like, and that, and I, and I think that's very true because there are so many circumstances where it's like, guys, this, this isn't Cam Newton's fault. You're not giving him any weapons. You're not, all of their, you know, like their running back core was hurt the majority of the season. You know what I mean? You didn't have Sony Michelle for X amount of games. You didn't have, um, oh gosh, Damian Harris for X amount of games. You didn't have, you didn't have an, like you were running with, um, what's his name? Um, Oh my God. I can't even think what it's running not, back. It's yeah. It's um, anyway, they're running with their fourth Burkhead. Thank you. Burkhead. I was going to say Danny Woodhead. And I was like, God, I'm showing my age, dude. Um, <laughs> Rex Burkhead. Um, yeah. Rex Burkhead. They're running with Rex Burkhead like a lot, but the funny thing was, is he wasn't doing bad. He was like, none of these guys were doing bad. They just couldn't get in a rhythm because every single week they were hurt. They made so it work. They made it work. Um, they won some pretty intense games and some pretty close games. Um, and they grinded and they showed their grit, um, which I was really surprised about. Um, and so that's why I'm really like kind of anxious about this like team. Um, so with the first round pick, they went Mac Jones. I don't hate it. I think that he can sit behind Cam. The hard thing is, is that Cam and him have two very different styles of play. So I think it's going to be hard to actually learn from Cam. I think Cam's just going to be a body, not really a mentor, not really like a coach, not really anything like that. If you gave Mac Jones, I mean, like, let's just say Cam Newton was swapped with Matt Ryan. If Matt Ryan was a Patriot right now, I would have full faith in Mac Jones. You know what I mean? If, if he was behind somebody who played the style that he does, I would be all for it. You know what I mean? Now we are all aware of, of what, what that coaching staff can do. You know what I mean? Um, Bill Belichick can, he, he's a quarterback whisperer um, and Josh McDaniels can control that offense so well, you know what I mean? So I'm not really like worried about Mac Jones, like growth. Um, Like I said, I think the first year is going to be the toughest because I think we're going to see Mac Jones step in too early. or I think we're going to see Cam Newton step out too late. Um, if if that makes any sense, I don't think there will be, I think the biggest hurdle the Patriots have to go through now is transitioning Mac Jones at the right time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, it has to be a good game. It has to be a good matchup. It has to be a time when Cam is really showing his age or whatever. Right. I, I refer to Tua, um, when his first start Tua's first start was against, um, one of the best defenses in the NFL. I think it was like the Buccaneers or something, right? The Rams. The Rams. It's like the kid's going to die. You know what I mean? Um, And so it's things like that where, again, I think that, I think that Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels are really creative and and smart with that. Um, Going into the second round, they go Christian Barrymore. Third round, they go Ronnie Perkins. Fourth round, they go, TJ loves that. Um, Fourth round, they go, Ramadre Stevenson, a running back. I love that one too. Ramondre. Thank you. Thank you. Um, fifth round, they go linebacker. Sixth round, they go safety, Joshua Bledsoe. And then they finally go tackle William Sherman. Um, and then they close off the draft with Trey Nixon. Um, the really hard thing for me with this, with this draft is you just they don't get a lot of what they are what their asks were 
You know what I mean? Their needs, quarterback, wide receiver, cornerback, linebacker, D-line. Yeah, they addressed the three. They addressed their linebacker and D-line situation pretty quickly. And often at three, at, you know, two, three, four, five. And then at six and seven, they go O-line and wide receiver. And it's like, it, I think it's the, I yeah. think it's the same thing with like the Aaron Rodgers like effect. It's like, guys, like I need help. You know what I mean? And, and New now it never, never goes where they need. And it's so, it's so sad. And it's hard for me be, to give them a good grade because they drafted Mac Jones, which is a good fit. A lot of people, you know, my perfect fit was Trey Lance. A lot of people's perfect fit was Mac Jones. You know what I mean? So it's, it's the duh, like, of course we met drafted Mac Jones, but the hard thing for me is I got to give them a C plus it's the first C. And I just don't think, I don't think they did. I, I just, I look at this and I'm like, I don't, I don't, other than Mac Jones, they didn't help their team a lot. And you had Julian Edelman who just retired. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they need a receiver. I don't even know a name of a receiver on there. Um, I love I, I love the Ronnie Perkins pick. Obviously, watching him like dude is a dog. He is going to be a problem. Um, but but then, the like, question very... is, let me ask you this: Ronnie Perkins, you know him? Does he fit the Patriots system? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like you yeah. have these I guys. Mean, he's, yeah, he's a good edge rusher, but it'll be interesting to see how they use him. Um, honestly, though, and the, like I said, this is or not like I said. This is not a biased thing. I love, love, love Ramondre Stevenson to them. He is that kind of short yardage running back that Bill Belichick loves to use. You know, he really is. He's not home run speed and he's not breakaway, but the dude is hard to tackle. He runs downhill. You know, he got good footwork. I, I like that pick to them. So, but I, I do agree with you on your C plus. I will say that. I think, uh, again, I think people talk about this every year. The Patriots never address a need that they, a need that they have. So, yeah, I'm with you there, brother. Uh, okay, so my last team. This uh, makes Sam so upset that he gave me them, and I'm not mad about it. Uh, so my last team, I'm going with the I had I got the Chargers, which at 13 overall, I think this is the fastest card turned in in the whole draft. Yeah. Like as soon as the Cowboys took Michael Parsons, it was done deal. I think it said chargers are now on the clock. 10 seconds later, it says the pick is in. This was a done deal. This was so easy. He fell to them. They didn't have to trade up. They didn't have to worry about it. Rashawn Slater, the most versatile O-lineman in the draft, big physical fast. He's going to step in and start immediately. He's going to have impact, whether it's at tackle, whether it's at guard, that was the Chargers guy. They wanted him. They needed him, and they got him. Great pick. Um, and then probably one of the biggest steals of the draft, they got Asante Samuel Jr. in the second round. Uh, he's smaller dude, but he's a great corner. He's smart, and that's something that that defense needs. Um, great closing speed, great ball skills. He plays the run really well for a corner. I think he's going to flourish in in the chargers defense um this is kind of where it gets iffy for me they need a receiver uh i think so they got josh palmer out of tennessee he's a big target didn't really have quarter uh consistent quarterback play at tennessee um 
So it's a, uh, to me, this is a very low risk, high reward pick in Josh Palmer. I think, you know, if he doesn't pan out, doesn't really hurt you. But if he does, like, absolutely home run in the third round. Um, I think the only receiver, and he was the only receiver at that point with any size. The best receiver on the board at that point was Amari Rogers, definitely, but they needed size, you know, with already Keenan Allen. Yeah, they, they needed some size. Um, then they went tight end in the later in the third, tight end out of Georgia. You know, this guy kind of shot up with a good senior bowl, didn't do too much about his career, but Trey McKitty, you know, it's another big target. They need to kind of fill in that tight end spot after Hunter Henry leaving. Well, um, and if I may, I mean, their, their, their needs, their top needs, offensive line, cornerback, tight end in the first they three picks, yeah. they, they not, they not only, they sound like they reached, they hit them. You know what I mean? Three of the I, four. Three of the four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then one pick I really liked that this guy kind of fell into the fourth, which was surprising. Chris Rumpf out of Duke. Um. You know, he, like I said, he fell, he was ranked higher. He could be considered a steal. He's got good fundamentals, um, very big upside as a pass rusher, if that's how they choose to use him, uh, you know, or he could just be playing like a straight linebacker position type. Uh, I think just finding himself a consistent position on the field, I think that'll be the biggest task for the chargers is where is he going to fit them the best, but I do like that pick. Um, and then in the sixth round, they went inside linebacker out of Iowa, Nick Neiman, running back out of Missouri, Larry Round Round T the third, and in the seventh they took a safety out of Georgia, which you know I get say a Georgia DB, you, you know he's got some talent somewhere, so maybe that'll be a steal in the seventh. Uh, I really liked what the Chargers did. They needed, I mean, going forward, you gotta hit. You got a quarterback like Justin Herbert. You have a team like the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes in your division. A draft is a time that they can't mess around, and I don't think they did. Um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give them a B plus. Uh, the Trey McKitty, I think they could have done maybe a little bit better, gone tight end earlier, and then still gotten a wide, re- a, you know, wide receiver of the same value at that pick. But I give them a B plus. I liked what the Chargers did. Yeah, that's fair. Um... So those are TJ and I's four teams. Um, if I may, TJ, kind of closing it out, who would you say was your steal of the draft? The entire Woo-hoo! draft, who's your steal? I already talked about him, baby. Steal the draft, Ronnie Perkins in the third round. He is not a back-end third-round edge rusher. I was waiting for his name to be called in the second. I was waiting for his name to be called even earlier in the third, and it wasn't. I think the Patriots got a steal. I think they can figure Bill Belichick will figure out a way for this dude to really play well, really play good football. I've watched Ronnie Perkins. He has progressed as an edge rusher at Oklahoma for years, for the last few years. Like he is just, the only thing is he's not as size as most edge rushers, but he's long, he's lanky, he's quick, and he knows how to play football. He loves to play football. I loved it. Um, if not that, my other one, Creed Humphrey, another Oklahoma guy at the back end of the second to the Chiefs. He's going to walk in and start right away. The Chiefs are rebuilding that O-line. You put him with his boy Orlando Brown on the left side. 
It's great. It's great. Jake, Man. I know, I know those are homer picks, but steals of the draft later in the rounds. I loved every second of it. Jabril Cox, you want to throw that one in there? Nick Bolton. I'll throw some other names around. Man. Amari Rogers to Green Bay. I think that one could be a big one. But if I had to pick my number one steal of draft, it's gonna be Ronnie Perkins. Uh to this to the Patriots at 96th overall pick out of Oklahoma. Man. It's interesting. Um, sorry, sorry, sporty under 40 fans. Um, we recently changed the channel to uh to Fox where we watched um we watched The Simpsons with Homer. Um <laughs> real quick, um, my seal of the draft, dude. I I thought he was the underrated prospect. I said it in the great pros in our draft prospects episode one. Um, Kellen Mund. I I thought Kellen Mund was a mid-second, like second round kind of guy. I think he shows a lot. I, I think he's Dak Prescott reincarnate. I think he's great. Um, if you listened, um, Akib Talib and um, brought, uh, RG3 did did a draft reaction show. And what, what they actually said um, was Kellen Mund is everything that, that uh, Kirk Cousins isn't. And so it's interesting because I think that that is exactly what the Vikings need. Um, I love, I think Kirk Cousins is doing fine. I think he's doing okay. I have nothing against him. Um, he does the play action really, really well. But I think, I think you need a bigger guy who can hit those guys, um, Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook and Adam Thieline a little bit more accurately. And I think that's, I think that's Kellen Mund. The problem with Cousins, and I agree with you, is Cousins uh, hit his ceiling. Mm -hmm. Cousins has already hit his ceiling, and it's not getting any better. You've seen all you're going to see. Jake in the chat just made a good point. I'll bring that up. Um, Jake said the Vikings released. They were planning on taking Justin Fields at 14, had Chicago not traded up, and grabbed him. Um, that would have been nuts. That would have been crazy. That was – uh. You know, that was just interesting information to bring up. Um, my buddy Jerry in the chat wanted his Falcons to pick Mond in the third. Sam, what do you think about that one? I, but see, so there's so many places where I think Mund fits, Kellen Mund fits perfectly as a backup. Atlanta, Vikings, uh, uh, Buccaneers. Um, there's a lot of key places Dallas. where I'm like, there's a lot of key places where I like Mund to take over their team. You know what I mean? But, but what I mean is like to take over their team, not to just be a backup, but to move in and take over that team. Um, yeah. And that's why I love the Vikings is because he's going to take over that team. That's why I would love the Falcons is because he would be just as young as Kyle Pitts and he would be able to take over that team in two, three, four years. Yeah, and Matt Ryan still has some miles. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not discrediting no. the guy, he's, but I think he's still got it. I think Kirk Cousins, in all seriousness, he may be younger, but he has less miles or I guess less of an opportunity than Matt Ryan may. Kirk Cousins, like you said, has hit his ceiling. He there's no there's no way this guy goes um goes far. And Jay Garza, your boy, just mentioned one of my favorite players, Ryan Tannehill, yeah. out of the same school. Ryan Tannehill is my favorite guy. Um, but but the issue is is that 
um, Ryan Tannehill got cursed with freaking Adam Gase. You know what I mean? And so now that he, so it is a more athletic Ryan Tannehill. He can throw the ball just as well. He's smart like Ryan Tannehill. He's, you know what I mean? He's a bigger build. You know what I mean? He's more like, he's exactly that. He's more athletic. So that was my sleep of the draft. I, I thought Kellen Munn should have been gone in the second. I thought Kellen, I, in my mock, I had Kellen Munn at the end of the first, but granted there were so many good athletes that you couldn't, you couldn't take Kellen Mudd at that point. There are just so many yeah. good athletes. Um, anyway, that's it for Sporty Under 40, our episode three of the draft recap. Make sure you follow the Instagram, Sporty Under 40, the um, the Twitter. Sporty Wait. Under 40, digits four zero. Yeah. And make sure you follow twitch.tv, Sam Manwich, S-A-M-M-A. N-W-I-C-H. If you ever want to watch any of the episodes live, we're here. Make sure you follow and thank you guys for watching.